Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to another edition of Profits and Purpose, a podcast of Colorado Business Roundtable. I'm Debbie Brown, and I'm excited to be part of a series that we're doing specifically around Profits and Purpose while we're interviewing some of Colorado's top nonprofit CEOs. And today I am excited to welcome Sue Glass, who is the president and CEO of YMCA of Metropolitan Denver. And Sue and I also serve on the board together of the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce and have gotten to know each other. And today I'm going to learn a little bit more about Sue. So welcome, Sue. Well, thank you, Debbie. I'm excited to be here today. And I appreciate your willingness to be on our panel that's coming up, uh, View from the Top are in conjunction with the Denver Business Journal coming up. I'm looking forward to that as well and, um, you know, providing some contribution as it relates to that. So kick us off with a little bit more about you. Tell us your story, a little bit more about how you ended up here in Denver as the CEO of this nonprofit. Um, Well, it's an interesting story. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, going to college, I was actually um, thinking about uh, wanting to be a doctor. So ending up in the nonprofit, um, I didn't even know nonprofit existed uh, when I was going to college. I really uh, had a passion for health. I had a passion for serving others. And those were the two things that really drove uh, my aspiration and um, going through uh, initial college, realizing that maybe uh, medicine is not going to be my path. And I guess I would say got somehow involved with the whole idea of prevention and around health. And I realized that with medicine, it's about sick care. With um, you know prevention, it's about health, true health care. It's how are we helping people to become healthier. And so that was very intriguing to me. It was a very new health and wellness was a very new uh, path. And and as that kind of evolved, um, I decided that this is really the path of my calling. And so um, it really does did resonate with what I did. And through that, um, I ended up working for the Amer- actually I worked out uh, at the hospital uh, as soon as I graduated from. College. College and um, became very um, entrenched in the community and, and educating people about health and well-being, and then ended up um, in the nonprofit sector, the American Diabetes Association, where I, I served for about 22 years there, and then came to the YMCA. But the interesting thing about early in my uh, career with the hospital, we had a partnership with the YMCA, and at that time, I said one day I would love to work for the YMCA. So it took me a while, but it, it uh, came full circle, and in 2018, I joined the YMCA of Metro Denver as their first woman CEO in 143 years. So it was a true honor for me to take on this position. I was very passionate about the mission of the Y. Um, but personally, I love health. Um, so again, I live, breathe health and uh, uh, I, I love to run. I love to bike. I like to be the outdoors and, and the health and wellness. And, um, you know, to me, health and wellness is one of those um, attributes that really um, help you become a better leader, um, and a better citizen, and um, it, it does definitely impact all aspects of your who you are as an individual. Well, and as you said, it's really this intersection of several passions that you have. So it's interesting that it all did come full circle. And as the first woman CEO, this was also your first CEO position, even though you've held high positions within the nonprofit sector before. How was that like jumping into the CEO role for the organization? 
Yeah, so at the American Diabetes Association, I was the executive director for Colorado, Wyoming, and Montana, and from there became vice president of the Western Division and then senior vice president of the entire organization, which meant I led all of the association offices across the U.S. And um, through that, I learned um, a tremendous, and it was a fantastic opportunity, but I was ready to actually lead an organization. And um, that's, again, where a lot of those intersectionality occurred for me personally with this position is the fact that um, I had been in the nonprofit sector, I had worked with boards, I had worked with, um, you know, volunteers and um, uh, led a lot of strategic planning and fundraising, but um, I was never the one um, really helping to drive the vision and create the vision with the board. So that was something that was very um, uh, exciting to me as part of this process. And uh, so again, as I came through this opportunity through a former board member of mine uh, through the American Diabetes Association, I was just, again, had an interest in the YMCA, sat down with uh, him and uh, Tom Kurgan, who was with Kaiser Permanente at that time. And I said, you know, I just would love to understand the the culture of the why, the, the mission of the why. And he said, you know, the CEO is retiring and I think you would make a great um, candidate. So submit. And, and that's all she wrote. You know, we went through the search process, learned a lot. Uh, but coming in as the CEO, I realized that there was a great opportunity. This organization is so fantastic. It has been part of the fabric of the, you know, the Denver metro area for over 143 years at that time. And uh, we just needed to help transition and modernize who we are so that people really understood who the YMCA was. And so coming in, um, I will say there were some challenges, uh, but there were also many rewards that I've been able to experience over the last three years. I mean, the challenges certainly um, coming in to an organization that was not doing well financially, we needed to rebrand ourselves and we're still going through these um, elements. Uh, and then COVID hit. And so the reality of this, like, how do we, how, um, you know, as a woman, first uh, time woman CEO leading through these challenges. But I think it goes back to my personal life and growing up, um, you know, while I was, I, w- I was born here in Denver, Colorado, I actually um, grew up in the Middle East in Damascus, Syria for many years and came back to the U.S. And through those challenges um, that I've encountered throughout my life really set the stage for me to um, kind of uh, acquire a, a resilient mindset and to be able to be persistent and to help overcome. And I really took that into my job. <laughs> and <that's how> I, <laughs> I, have to. I had to be persistent. I had to demonstrate my competence. I had to lead when things seemed like they were falling apart and um, just to show also the team that I was human through all of this and to bring them along and and, and to just kind of manage through that process. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, let's step back and tell me a little bit more about YMCA. You know, it seems like I pass by them on the street. I see kids going in. Uh, It's not necessarily part of my day-to-day life, but I know that you serve a lot of Coloradans. Tell me more about the mission and scope of what what you all do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So, you know, you're not alone. Um, whenever you talk to somebody about the YMCA, they typically think it's the swim and gym. It's where they learn to swim or their child learned to swim. That's where they're, um, they go work out maybe. And uh, but really the YMCA is a nonprofit social enterprise that is dedicated to building strong communities by addressing some of our most pressing societal um, issues like obesity, like mental health. 
academic achievement, childcare and equity. And so um, when you think about our vision, our vision is simple and it is to build strong, thriving, equitable communities uh, dedicated to the health and well-being of all. And our mission, you know, the why was um, established in, in the 1800s in England and the mission was uh, very, very simple. And that's to put Christian principles into practice through uh, programs that build mind, body, and spirit for all. So again, we're the full dimension of the individual. We're looking at um, you know, your, your physical health, your uh, mental health, and your spiritual health and, and working um, through our programs. And so that's who we are as an organization. So a lot of people, when you talk about who we are, you know, that we are really a more of a social impact organization than we are a just a health and wellness or a gym, as most people see us, um, people are, are truly surprised by that. And so uh, during COVID, we definitely had to uh, pivot as many organizations did, uh, but we went back to our roots and that's serving in crisis. And um, as the Y has done over many uh, crises, whether it was war, famine, or what have you, they've always been there to support. And so we uh, converted our facilities into emergency child care. We provide, we help distribute food. Uh, we partnered with the blood banks to be able to provide, um, you know, uh, uh, blood banks or, or for people to come and do blood drives at our facilities. And so it was an opportunity for us to say, okay, what are the needs? How can we help? And how can we be a conduit to support the community and also our seniors reaching out during that time of isolation and having conversations to see, are they okay? Could we support them? Well, and I find it so interesting. You've already talked about you know, coming on board as CEO only three years ago and then operational challenges to overcome. And then, of course, COVID hits, which provides sort of this this unwritten, you know, there's no playbook for a global pandemic and then the economic fallout that surrounds that. But you had to almost go back to the roots of the organization in terms of resiliency, your background in resiliency and figuring out how to pivot through what would you say were some of the biggest challenges or opportunities during that? And, and again, we're probably not over it quite yet, but what what in your leadership role the last year and a half has been um, kind of been the biggest takeaway for you? Well, I think, um, again, some of the challenges were certainly we were going through this pandemic and we were trying to, um, you know, uh, maneuver through it. No, there was no playbook in regards to how you go through this. And so how do we maintain as many of our staff but yet continue to be uh, sustainable. Um, as as going into the uh, into the pandemic, we were already financially challenged, and we were in a process of executing on, on a new strategic roadmap uh, to ensure that the organization was sustainable and was impactful in the community. And then this uh, COVID hit. Uh, but for some for for us, some of the bigger challenges as well as opportunities were um, when we said, okay, how are we going to access some of the stimulus money? So PPP loans, um, we were actually not eligible because of our size. And so we had to work, um, you know, uh, on the uh, federal and, and state level to really campaign and say, you know, the YMCA, here we are as an, an, a critical part of the fabric of the organization. So working with legislators to ensure that the Y was able to have access to the PPP loan. Um, and that really helped us um, tremendously. Uh, but again, it helped us um, also look at this right now when we're talking about it with 
um, childcare. Uh, we know that women have left the workforce and how can the why help support and be part of that conversation and how do we drive women in the work back into the workforce by supporting childcare in the community and we partnered with the downtown Denver partnership on the childcare task force to help support that. Um, and then, you know, the whole conversation around equity uh, during during the pandemic, which was, you know, with the George Floyd, it really brought it back. How are we as an organization uh, playing a role in health equity, social equity and all aspects of equity? And, um, you know, how are we going to renew our commitment there? But for us was taking this um, really uh, maybe dated organization and how do we modernize it for the modern family. Um, if you think about the YMCA, most people think of us as the, the young men uh, Christian association. Well, our target audience are families and moms. Um, and so for us, how do we modernize our facilities to support moms, working moms or working dads and families and the kids that we need to support? So modernizing our facility, upgrading our technology, understanding the customer experience. These were all of the things that for us were challenges, but were also opportunities because we had to do it in a record speed in order for us to be able to um, come out of this and you know we're slowly coming out and uh, but we are making a commitment to supporting families um, through through this pandemic. One of the things we subscribe to with with our organization Colorado Business Roundtable and we we really have relationships with CEOs and executives like you who not only not only um, fill the track of the private sector but also community CEOs, um, academic, CEOs, folks who lead in government, the interconnectivity of all of us together collaborating is incredibly powerful. What would you say to that in terms of that collaboration of profits and purpose? Because sometimes the business community is given kind of a bad rap in terms of, oh, you know, you can always pay more taxes or you can always do this. But what would um, what would you say to that in terms of how we're all in this together um, and how the business community might help support your mission? Um, absolutely. So first of all, I mean, again, our, our mission is a very social mission and it's about youth development. It's about healthy living. It's about social impact. And, um, you know, when you work in a nonprofit industry, oftentimes profits have a bad rap, you know, like you don't say the word profits because we're nonprofit, but they're not mutually exclusive, right? Um, we have to have profits in order to be able to impact the community. It's just how we reinvest the profits into our, um, our into our mission, into the community, into our, our organization. And so for me, they're not mutually exclusive and, and they are critical. And so working both in partnership with the for-profit organ uh, community as well as a nonprofit to really um, help uh, improve our overall community is absolutely critical. In fact, if you think about it, um, the nonprofit sector contributes to an estimated one uh, over one trillion over one trillion dollars uh, to the U.S. economy. So we are a vital part of the economy, uh, and not only from an economy standpoint, but also from a service. And oftentimes, the nonprofit community is taking on efforts that other. Um, other organization or other companies are not able to do. So for us, it's uh, how do we collaborate? How do we partner? And uh, for us, it is um, important um, to ensure that we have a healthy margin in order for us to operate. It's part of the stewardship because we do operate on 
the generosity of a lot of donors and corporate partners. And so we have to be very careful in how we're, we're managing that, but we also have to be judicious in how we're, um, you know, reinvesting those profits. So um, I think from a business community and working collectively together, it is going to be vital in how we partner. We've always been a partner there to support their mission and their goals, business objectives. I mean, I think that's the best partnership is when you're working with a corporation or a for-profit entity to meet their goals while we're meeting our goals. And for us, it's about how could we support their maybe employee wellness goals or it's their corporate social responsibility goals by supporting our mission. And I think that's one of the ways that we can uh, really look at this. And that's why I love the, the title uh, of the series that you're really um, you know highlighting here is uh, profits and purpose. And because they are, um, profits are always can be used for higher purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Sue. And I will say it's been such a pleasure to get to know you through our shared work with the Colorado Women's Chamber, Advancing Women in Business. And it's fun to collaborate with you on this critical event and this great conversation that we're going to have at our View from the Top event. And I think you're so true. It's it's so true. I think COVID has really brought people together. Um, there's, there's plenty of divisions right now to think through, but I think about how COVID in some ways has brought us together to know that we're all interconnected even more and to make sure that uh, the folks that you serve through your work don't get left behind as we're coming into a recovery phase of Colorado and making sure, you know, some of those investments are made so that uh, folks' lives can be ultimately transformed. It's absolutely right, Debbie. And I really appreciate you for having me here. Great. Thanks for joining. And thanks everyone for tuning in. This has been Profits and Purpose, a podcast of Colorado Business Roundtable. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom, Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.